friends, and welcome to episode 10 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. My name is Brad Rowland. I am the host of the show, and today we have a special uh, kind of desperation episode uh, with, a, with one of my favorite guests of all time, one of my personal friends in life. His name is Robbie Calland, a former Hawks.com writer, former Peaster Hoops writer, now writing for CBS Sports, doing a number of things, and Robbie is trapped in an airport. What's going on, Robbie? Uh, I am at Midway Airport in Chicago. All I want to do is get to the PGA Championship. All I want to do is get to Newark, New Jersey, which is literally something no one's ever said in their life. And I can't get there because uh, earlier today, Southwest was screwing up, and then now there is a apocalyptic storm apparently hitting the eastern seaboard sure there is and uh and so i'm in midway chicago i'm going on presently hour eight um of what's looking like it's going to be a 13 hour delay maybe um so we're we're living the dream we're living the dream uh i'm in the valeris part of the terminal it's apparently a french canadian airline that travels to Toronto and Montreal. Montreal? And stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, this is not, admittedly this is not the uh, the way that I thought you would make your debut on this particular podcast. But uh, we were kind of texting back and forth, and I said, you know, why don't we just podcast this live? I have nothing better to do. That was kind of what I was making on, and I'm I'm glad to have you. We would normally do a ton of Hawks talk. We'll do a little bit of that just because this is a Hawks podcast. But sure. Uh, at some point, we're going to have you break down your uh, Midway restaurant picks um, yeah. for the people. Um, I got takes. Maybe some PGA Championship picks. Who knows? I got winners for that. Um, I guess we should do some Hawks just to get it out of yeah. the way. Um, I don't know. I have no outline here. What do you think about the team? What's going on? How do you feel about Dwight Howard? I, I did absolutely no prep for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, neither did I, so it's going to go great. Um, no, I, you know... Dwight is, it's whatever, it's a very strange move because there's no real chance to rebuild with him here for three years. Um, Like, you're not going to rebuild. But the Hawks were never really going to go into, like, a full uh, Philly-style rebuild as long as Bud is a decision-maker in the front office. I think that's one thing people um, have to realize is, is when you have the coach as the GM, or VP of basketball ops in this case, Wes is technically the GM, uh, you are never going to see them go into tank mode because coaches like to win. Coaches want to win. They want to win on the court. That's how they judge themselves. Uh, if Brett Brown was making decisions, Philly would not have looked the way that they looked the last three years. I can guarantee you that as much as he likes the young guys. Uh, Bud is not a fan of young guys. Me and you have had this discussion with him, had this discussion with Wes Wilcox. They, they're not. They, nobody likes young guys in the league. No coach, no, they're annoying. They make mistakes and no coach likes them. So he's not going to just turn it over. But at the same time, Dwight, uh, the timing of it, everything seemed to make very little sense with the Al Horford situation. Now I'm going to bring some hot conspiracy theories here for you. Oh, do it. Bring, bring, me, bring the takes. All right, so here's the take. Everything we've heard coming out is how the Dwight signing um, – was something Al didn't like. Uh, and that pushed him out, uh, that they couldn't agree on numbers that pushed him out, that uh, he liked the Boston fan base, um, which I'm going to say this. Uh, I don't necessarily think, knowing Al, that wasn't him trying to take in the, a swipe at Atlanta fans. 
but you know, it angered all nine thousand of the Atlanta fans that would actually show up the games. Um, I'm sure that's going to endear oh, me to the podcast yeah, listeners. Shot, shots fired. I appreciate that. I'm sorry, ten thousand. Um, but seriously, like, come on. Like, here's the thing: you can be an Atlanta fan and also recognize that attendance isn't the greatest attribute of this fan base or team, and that's okay. There are a lot of socioeconomic reasons to not show up to a game. Um, there are a lot of reasons in Atlanta not to show up to a game. There are a lot of things to do in Atlanta. Traffic is awful. Whatever you want to say, it's it's not easy to get to that arena. Um, there is almost no public transportation from anywhere that's not directly north or directly south or directly east or west because Mart is awful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, there's plenty of reasons that, that attendance can be low, and that's okay. But at the same time, it's okay to admit that attendance is low. Like, they're bottom third of the league every year for a reason. You know? That's okay. Yeah. I it mean, happens. It happens. And the thing is, is the fans who are showing up have become, I'm going to say, better fans in the sense that um, they are louder. The arena, even when the arena has 11,000 people in it, it's loud now. That wasn't that wasn't the case back in the day, you know. When I first started covering the team, it could be a full house, and you know it was just a bunch of businessmen who were just kind of like showing up. Uh, now there's actually like fans who actually care about the team, and that's great. But it's still in the growing phase. I wrote about this for CBS. They're still trying to grow, um, grow the fan base, especially the young fan base, which are the people who are going to show up in force, who are going to show up and be loud. Who are going to show up uh, and and really kind of care about the team more? So, yes, the fan base is getting better. They're yeah. not Celtics fans. It's not as loud as in the guard. It's not as. But that's Celtics fans have what 60, 70 years of fantastic history to lean back on. The Hawks have eight. And you yeah, know, Boston's okay. got a million titles and you know twenty five yes. retired that's numbers what I'm and all that stuff. That's what I'm saying. They have history to lean back The Hawks. The, Best player outside of Dominique of the Atlanta Arrows, Dikembe, Steve Smith. What are we looking at? It's there's what? not a lot to fall back on. No, it's and that's it's okay. rough. It, it's rough. and that's okay. And what I'm saying is that's okay. And I'm sorry for the crack. It was too easy. Had to do it. Um, but yeah, like it's getting better. But yes, that's still an issue for free agents. That as much as you, you want to say it's not. They do like showing up to an arena that's full every night. And it's just not the case in Atlanta yet. And they're working on it. And it's it's kind of a causal cause and effect chicken egg thing. You know, if we had better players, maybe more people would show up. Sorry, we have uh, we have an announcement happening now. There was also a crying baby in the background, which I really appreciate. A beeping cart. We have, we have it all right now. The full, the full airport ambiance is happening right now. This is why I had you on. It's just, it's a, it's a, basically, we're basically on location. Oh, boy, we have dueling announcements. This is super fun. While <laughs> uh, oh, that's is happening. Um, so beautiful. Anyway, but my, my point is, uh, going back to the original point, is everything we heard came from Al Horford and his camp. Okay, because as we know, the Hawks don't let anything out. No leaks come out of the Atlanta Hawks organization. Okay? The hot take is... The Hawks knew Al was gone when they signed Dwight. The hot take is Al had made his mind up, and they knew that. And Al, being smart, being a savvy businessman that he is, being a savvy 
uh, veteran knows you don't want to burn the bridges with the fan base. You don't want to. You don't want to look like the bad guy. So you put out the information that you want to put out. But I think Al was out the door. I think Al was gone. And that's why the Hawks went ahead and signed Dwight. I'm going to say that. I think the organization will never say anything about it because they're the organization. And this is not something where I've talked to my people or uh, anybody I know in the organization. This is all Robbie bringing takes and speculation wildly because that's what, whatever, I'm allowed to do that. Um, but yeah, I just I think it was a matter of Al controlling the the story, uh, and I think I just think he was out the door. I think he was ready to move on in a similar way that that Jeff was perfectly happy to get traded. I think that entire core had run its course, uh, and I think they were all like, "Look, I think it's best for everybody if we just move on." I think that's what happened with Al. I think he was out the door already. I think you're, that was the long-winded way of saying that. No, I think your point is very reasonable and like one that I've thought of before. Because of the fact that there was all this conflicting information, I know a couple of people that I talked to at Summer League, uh, some unnamed sources, uh, kind of never bought the fact that Horford was really even still buying into the Hawks as like a legitimate option to sign with till the end. Right. Uh, it's, and that was kind of coming out in the later stages um, from Woj and other places. Uh, it suddenly, there was that late push that the Hawks were kind of pulling away, but, but before that, it was a lot of talk about Washington and a lot of talk about Boston and a lot of talk mm-hmm. about, you know, it was not a lot of Hawks, you know, leading the way for Horford necessarily. So I think your point has some merit for sure. I'm not, again, we, we don't know this to be true, but it, it definitely it definitely feels like it's something that could have happened, especially because, look, Cyan Dwight, if you're going to try to keep Al, didn't ever make a ton of sense. It just didn't. It never did, especially because you have Millsap. And, like, the, the, the trading Millsap thing, if you're going to sign Dwight now, that also doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know that was, I think, what was it, Zach Lowe had that as, like, was part of the plan, possibly, if they couldn't get all three of them to figure out. And I'm like, why would you go long-term on Al and Dwight and not keep Millsap, considering he's the best of the three? That one didn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? And, and maybe part of it was just the Hawks wanted to change for change's sake. I mean, look, it's... The the blog media doesn't like the move because Al Horford is a darling of, of ours. Um, and I think we appreciate what he does in the, uh, the smaller parts of the game a little more than the average fan does. But at the same time, look, there's a large part of the fan base that thinks that the Hawks got better. I was at the bar the other night and people always want to talk to me about this stuff. And I had many friends bringing the takes saying that they thought the Hawks had, had improved by signing Dwight and letting Al go. I don't buy that one bit, and I tried to argue and reason with them. But, look, I, maybe it works for what they're trying to do. Maybe maybe that's they were trying to build some kind of excitement because I don't know what you're selling to the fan base. I, I think they are thinking, what are you selling to the fan base if you, if you run it back with the same team that's been swept two years in a row? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's tough to sell. I, I, I'm with you, obviously. We've talked about this, that – I talked about this endlessly on this podcast that Horford is a better player than Howard, and you won't tell me otherwise. But correct, um, a lot of the fan base loves this move. I've, I see it in the comments of this podcast all the time when I mention this stuff that people really disagree with that, and that's okay. Dwight's a native son; his upside is real if he can be healthy. All that stuff, I get it. I don't. And love here's it, the thing. But here's the thing. I think Dwight's going to be the best we've seen him in a few years. I kind of one. Agree. He's supposed. He's supposed to be healthy, and two. Everything points to the fact that this is a scheme fit 
for Dwight. They're going to let him be the role man. He was never the role man in Houston, mainly because their pick and roll was a dumpster fire uh, because they didn't have a point guard that could really run it, especially if Patrick Beverly was hurt. Um, You know, he never got to be the role man there. That's what he excels at. You can't just throw him the ball in the post and let him try to eat. I, you know, I think I think it could work. I think he can be good. I think he will probably be a better rebounder than Al was. Um, but also, I'm interested to see how much of that was schemed. You know, you know the, the Hawks are not have never put a big premium on the rebounding under Bud. That's, that's not that, that's been, a gentle way of putting it. I'd that say. is, a t- I mean, especially on the offensive glass, there is almost no uh, motive for them to do anything on the offensive glass. Uh, on the on the defensive glass, it's it's really you know they're kind of because of the way they play defense, their guys get their big guys get out of position, which ends up being a bit of an issue because they they will switch, um, and because they do like to let Al and Paul kind of handle themselves on an island when they do end up on a LeBron James or they do end up on a, a Kevin Durant, they let their two best rebounders stay out there. They don't. They're not too aggressive in switching that back to a wing, and so you end up with smaller guys under the rim. Um, and then also, Paul and Al just aren't tall. So <laughs> I think Dwight will be, that's a fact. Uh, and so, you know, they have trouble with somebody like Andre Drummond, who doesn't in the NBA. Um, but look, Dwight will probably be a better rebounder, mainly because you're not going to be able to do the same things defensively with him that you do with Al Horford. You, you're not going to let Dwight go play one-on-one defense with LeBron like they did in the playoffs. I mean, Al might have been the best defender that the Hawks had on the perimeter against LeBron. That's arguable. Which is insane, but absolutely Which is ridiculous. It's it's in that conversation for sure. And so you're not going to be able to do that with Dwight. You're You're not putting him on that island. His lateral quickness isn't the same as Al's. But if he can get the spring back and he can be a rim protector, you can kind of let him sag off and hang back. It's going to be interesting how, how Bud handles it, but I do think we're going to see a good Dwight Howard, but is he going to be as good as Al Horford, as versatile specifically? Um, actually, really on both ends of the floor, but specifically offensively, no. Dwight is kind of a one-trick pony on offense, one-and-a-half trick. He can roll to the hoop. He's got the put-back game, and, and then posting up is, is not exactly what you want him doing. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you said that because that's something I've been saying over and over again is that post-ups are bad for Dwight Howard. We don't want post-ups. No one wants post-ups. No. He wants no, them. He's not, he, yes, he does. He's not efficient with it. Um, he has some decent moves on the block, but he is very deliberate, I guess is the best, nicest way to put it. He's very deliberate with his moves. It's not, uh, it's not the most flowing, aesthetically pleasing thing to watch, and also he just doesn't make those moves very quickly he's very plodding down there it seems like he's counting his steps and thinking it's like it's like when he's like somebody learning how to dance one two three four like he's thinking like okay on step one i do this like he's going back to his little hakeem camp you know every time he's in the post shout out to hakeem keep getting that money from guys to not teach them anything oh absolutely Um, it's the biggest racket in sports but no it's great he gets paid fifty thousand dollars and these guys don't get better it's amazing um i I think dwight though to your point like i think he's actually not a terrible post player it's just that post-ups are bad by the way like in the in today's nba like most (laughs) post-ups are bad like even especially because especially because and with the way defense is now it's it's not an illegal defense to really dig down hard you know, that used to be illegal defense if you doubled hard. That was and that's why post-ups don't work anymore. And that's why post-ups don't work, because you can't just throw it. To, Charles Barkley used to dribble for 10 seconds 
in the post because nobody could nobody could double down and really attack him on a dig. Now you throw it in the post. If you don't have a good shooter in that corner, there's somebody there immediately with a hand in the cookie jar. Absolutely. You know. So look, I think it, I think it will work better than some doomsday people are saying, but I really don't think it's going to work as well as everybody else is saying. And also, uh, I think we see regression from Bayes. Uh-oh. People are not going to uh, like this take. Uh-oh. Uh Takes. Uh, Baze was incredible last year. He improved dramatically. Uh, I don't know if that's sustainable at that level um, for another year, two years, three years, four years. I think he is a good player. Um, but is he a top half of the league? Two guard? No, I mean I mentioned la I think it was either last podcast or maybe, that. maybe maybe a maybe a league average two guard. Yeah, I, I made a reference to Bayes being like, I think last year might have been the best we've ever seen of Bayes, and people kind of screamed at me. But I think it's very reasonable to think that he's never as good as he was last year, and that's fine. Like he can be okay. Like a league average starter is worth his contract, but Bayes is not suddenly going to become a star. He's twenty seven years old. Like it doesn't happen. It's going to be interesting, for sure, regardless of what happens with Baysmore. He's got to have to at least sustain for a couple of years, if not, if, if, even if improvement's not necessarily the most likely outcome. Yeah. Oh, good. Did my flight get canceled? Oh, no. We're, we're no. live. We're live flight tracking. Hang on. Hang on. No. The flight I was standby on was canceled. The flight I am on is now leaving at, like, midnight. This is fun. This long, is real fun. As long as it leaves, you should be okay. But, yes, this That's is all not, I care about. not a pleasure. And, honestly, we could probably talk for two hours, but I have to go relatively soon, which means we have okay. to go to your Midway restaurant takes. That's important okay. content for the people. All right. So if you're ever in the Midway airport for seven hours and need to eat a couple of meals, um, I, the salad – do not go to the salad place. Made that mistake for lunch. The salad place, by the way. It's I called that. Spriggs or something. <laughs> it's in Concourse B. It's right by the McDonald's. Uh, don't go there. Not great. Uh, D like a D plus salad. Like it, it was it was there, but uh, not great. Not great. So not great topping choices. We can officially eliminate Spriggs from any I'm scholarship out. opportunities for me. I am I am out on Spriggs. Uh, as far as McDonald's, uh, if you want some McDonald's, because it's the only fast food in the um, in the entire airport, which baffles me that there is a singular fast food restaurant. Like, there's not like any competition for McDonald's for quick food like that. Like, there are some sit down restaurants. There's like an Asian place, and uh, shout out to Harry Carey's is here. You can go to the Harry Carey's oh, bar, bar and grill, up. lock it in. Uh, sit next to a Gale Sayers jersey. Um, it's nice. Have a couple brews. That's what I did. And uh, but yeah, go to the McDonald's in Concourse B. Uh, Concourse A, excuse me. Concourse B is wildly packed. Concourse A is empty. Uh, significantly better idea. So there you go. Uh, there's some just really bad. It's just not a great airport. It's really not. It's got two and a quarter concourses. Um, there's not much to do. I have walked it four different times. 
Um, yeah, seven, eight hours later, I think you probably have seen everything there is to see in Midway. It's a lot happening. Um, so, yeah, so we actually talked a lot more basketball than I anticipated this talking. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is a shorter show considering it's daily, but we could probably do more. You'll definitely be back when you're actually yeah. home, like, and we'll talk some real, like, in-depth stuff because that's what people, people come for the in-depth. But this is a, a nice surprise for everyone who knows your work. Uh, on the Twitter sphere, for sure. Just to kind of yeah. This was this was a there. this was me bringing some hot takes. Um, I won't do this usually, but I'm I'm feeling like I need to let some of these. I got some heat built up because of this layover, so I need to let the takes out. So thank you for giving me that avenue. I apologize to the people I offended. I just assume there are some. Um, oh, there are always some. Those people exist, as you well know, in comment sections. They're, they they found us. It's time that they've. Begun, they they begun to, to uh, frequent the podcast, and we, we welcome those people because please download, listen, tell your friends. But uh, oh yeah, for yeah, sure, always always listen, and um, yeah, no, you can yell at me. I'm used to it at this point. Uh, um, with that, yeah. I have to get you to like plug your stuff. I know you mentioned your piece about the Hawks at CBS recently. That was a good. That was a winner. Tell people where they can find you and all that stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rcallens, k a l l a n d on that. Um, CBSSports.com doing college football and golf and boxing and MMA and occasionally occasionally, NBA. <laughs> occasionally I'll rock that NBA. You can find me on Sportsline doing picks. We got PGA picks up uh, for those fiending those golf picks. PGA picks are up on Sportsline.com. Uh, I think it's a free. I think my golf picks are always free, uh, so you can scoot on over there. Which means you can uh, get that. Which you can give it out now. Give, I'm give just me, give me one sleeper you want for winners? PGA. Something. You want win- uh, sleeper? Uh, I like I like Snedeker at fifty to one, and I like Duffner at a hundred to one. Um, I feel dirty because I, I did give out Dustin Johnson at eight to one as the favorite, and you know how much I hate oh, that. No. But 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 the way he's playing, he is better than an eight to one favorite. He is in the Tiger Zone right now, uh, where he honestly should be like five to one. So I actually think there's a little value there because I think he's significantly better than McElroy and Spieth and really honestly Day right now is the only competition he's got. Takes at the top. Takes takes takes. Uh yeah, so but like Sneds is coming off of a top a fifth place last week, back-to-back top 25 is coming into that. Uh nice little form, he can roll the rock, he's striking the ball better. Uh ball strikers is where it's at this week though when you when you I'm telling you the the rough is long. Uh, it's a long course, but the rough is long. So if you're not hitting the fairway and you're not hitting greens, you're in trouble. Ball striker paradise. I like uh, my. I think my winner pick is Sergio. I did give Dustin out, but Sergio, I'm right, I'm back on the train. I will uh, not give up be. on him. I will not give up on him. Uh, yeah, and then I also got a nice little daily fantasy roster up there for for those of you into that sort of thing. Uh, found some nice nice values down the board. All about that the I think values. Would be juicy. That'll yeah. be juicy. Nice little top 25 values to go along with DJ and Sergio at the top. Uh, I'm in. I'm here for it. Uh, this is the most yeah. golf we'll ever talk on this podcast, and only you can bring, bring the takes. I appreciate that. Salute. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming on. You'll be back uh, in, a normal, in a more normal uh, sphere at some point in the near future, and I hope yeah. that you get to Newark in a hurry. Not, not banking on it. Uh, prayers thank you for up, your prayers support for you, my friend. Uh, thank you for joining. Maybe, us, maybe when this maybe when this goes up, I will be in Newark, but I doubt it. I'll probably still be in Midway. I would hope that it goes up um, before 
uh, after, I mean, I shouldn't say before, after you get there. And uh, <laughs> let me pl- I'll plug everything now. Uh, follow us on, at, on Twitter, at Locked on Hawks. On Facebook, at Locked on Hawks. You can find me, at BT Roland. All the stuff. Supri- subscribe on iTunes. Follow Robbie. He's the man. Uh, he'll be back soon. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening, everybody. And please get Robbie to the PGA Championship.